ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so in the previous session we were looking at the chapter قول الله تعالى أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ فَلَا يَأْمَنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ That do they consider them safe from the plot of Allah or the plan of Allah? Do they consider themselves safe from the plan of Allah? Nobody considers themselves safe from that except for the people who are in loss. So today we come to the ayah in that chapter. وَمَنْ يَقْنُطُ وَيَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ إِلَّا الضَّالُونَ That who is it who loses hope in the mercy of his Lord except for the misguided? Who is it that loses hope in the mercy of his Lord except for the misguided? And this is a type of question in the Qur'an. But it's not a question that requires an answer. The purpose of this type of questioning phrase in the Qur'an, that who is the one that loses his hope in Allah except for the misguided? This questioning type of format is for the purpose of rebuttal. It is for the purpose of rebuke. That who is it? Who are those who lose their hope in Allah except for the misguided ones? So this type of way of phrasing it almost like a question isn't for it to actually be a question. It is as a rebuke and a rebuttal upon the individuals who lose hope in Allah. إِلَّا dalun, And it's only the misguided who lose their hope in Allah. هَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ قَالَهَا Ibrahim عَلَيْهِ salatu wassalam. لَمَّا جَاءَتْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ فِي سُورَةِ أَضْيَافِ يُرِيدُونَ إِهْلَاكَ قَوْمِ لُوطٍ وَكَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ كَرِيمًا مِضْيَافًا فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُ هَؤُلَاءِ الرِّجَالُ بَادَرَ إِلَى ضِيَافَتِهِمْ وَجَاءَ بِعِجْلٍ حِينَئِذٍ وَفِي آيَةٍ أُخْرَى بِعِجْلٍ سَمِينٍ وَقَرَّبَهُ إِلَيْهِمْ لَكِنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَأْكُلُوا لِأَنَّهُمْ مَلَائِكَةٌ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ لَا يَأْكُلُونَ فَإِبْرَاهِيمُ خَافَ أَنَّهُمْ أَعْدَاءٌ لَكِنَّهُمْ طَمَّأْنُوهُ وَأَخْبَرُوهُ بِمُهِمَّتِهِمْ وَأَنَّهُمْ جَاءُوا لِإِهْلَاكِ هَذِهِ الْقَرْيَةِ It's mentioned that this was in the context of Ibrahim alayhi salam when the angels came and Ibrahim alayhi salam was hospitable to them and he gave them uh, uh, hospitality and food and a calf that he put forth to them but they didn't eat because they were obviously angels so Ibrahim alayhi salam, he uh, became frightened or worried. He thought maybe they are his enemies who have come, that they are not eating the food that he has given to them. And that's when it was then mentioned to him. Uh, they mentioned to him and gave him the glad tidings after that regarding the child he would have. وَزَادُوهُ بِالْوَلَدِ وَكَانَ لَا يُولَدُ لَهُ فَاسْتَبْعَدَ ذَلِكَ وَقَالُوا لَهُ فَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْقَانِطِينَ 
So they said to Ibrahim alayhi salam, you will have a child. And it is mentioned in the other ayat, etc. Ibrahim alayhi salam was very old at the time. He did not expect any children, so he thought that to be something distant. Didn't think that to be a reality or likely that he would have a child. So then they said to him, لا تكن من القانطين فلا تكن من القانطين Do not be from the ones who lose hope. قَالَ وَمَنْ يَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ إِلَّا الضَّالُونَ And so Ibrahim salam replied, And who would lose hope in Allah except for the misguided? Highlighting that he does not lose hope in Allah. أَيْ لَا أَحَدْ يَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ إِلَّا الضَّالُونَ عَنِ الْحَقِّ So nobody loses hope in Allah except for the misguided ones who have become misguided away from the truth. لِأَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَخَاصَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ يَعْلَمُونَ مِنْ قُدْرَةِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَفَضْلِهِ وَإِحْسَانِهِ مَا لَا يَعْلَمُهُ غَيْرَهُمْ وَيَعْلَمُونَ مِنْ قُرْبِ رَحْمَتِهِ وَفَرْجِهِ مَا لَا يَعْلَمُهُ غَيْرَهُمْ So the believers they know, the believers they know, particularly the prophets, how the ability of Allah is, and the virtue of Allah is, and the blessing of Allah is, they know that, they know that more than the common people. The prophets particularly, and the believers as a whole, the people of knowledge, etc., they know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding His mercy and His virtue and His blessing and His ability, they know about all of that. So they know how close the mercy of Allah is. They know how close the mercy of Allah is and how it can be at any time. هَذَا Ibrahim alayhi salam أَبُوا الْأَنْبِيَاءِ يَقُول So here we have Ibrahim alayhi salam. The father of the prophets saying, وَمَنْ يَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ إِلَّا الضَّالُونَ Who is it that loses hope in Allah except for the misguided? مَهْمَا كَانَتِ الْحَالِ No matter what the situation may be, مِنَ الشِّدَّةِ وَمِنَ الضِّيقِ وَمِنَ الْحَرَجِ From the difficulties and burdens and hardships, no matter what the situation may be, فَإِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ لَا يَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ A believer does not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ قَادِرٌ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Because Allah has the ability over everything. Allah is the all capable over everything. He can change an affair in no time. لا يعجزه شيء وهو أرحم الراحمين Nothing causes Allah to become weak or be unable. Allah is all capable of everything. And He is the most merciful. ففي هذه الآية أَنَّ الَّذِي يَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ يَكُونُ مِنَ الظَّالِينَ So in this ayah it is highlighted that the one who loses his hope in Allah, then he is from the misguided. Because misguidance, that is the opposite of guidance. So the one who loses his hope in Allah, then he has become from the misguided. So in these ayat it tells you that a person has to balance between fear and hope. 
في هاتين الآيتين مشروعية الجمع بين الخوف والرجاء فالخوف في قوله أفأمنوا مكر الله because in the first ayah it was mentioning do they think themselves to be safe from the planning of Allah that is fear that you should realize there and in the second ayah who is the one who loses hope in Allah except for the misguided this indicates to you that you don't lose hope rather you have the hope in Allah so fear and hope both of them coming in balance فَفِيهِمَا وُجُوبُ الرَّجَاءِ وَعَدَمِ الْقُنُوطِ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ فَيَجِبُ الْجَمْعُ بَيْنَهُمَا بِأَنْ يَكُونَ خَائِفًا رَاجِيًا لَا يَكُونُ خَائِفًا فَقَطْ So a person has to be fearful of Allah, but also hopeful of Allah. Fearful of the punishment, but also hopeful of the mercy. So he has to combine between those two. And it is not correct for a person to be purely hopeful, do all of the sins and do all of the wrongs and say it is okay, inshallah Allah will forgive. Not to be purely hopeful. And at the same time not to be purely upon fear. Not to be thinking that I've done this sin, I've done that sin and there is no mercy for me now and I've lost hope. And to be an absolute fear, that isn't correct either. Rather to be between that hope and between that fear, balanced. That's why the scholars they say, مَنْ عَبَدَ اللَّهَ بِالْخَوْفِ فَقَطْ فَهُوَ حَرُورِي Whomsoever worships Allah upon fear only, then he is from the khawarij, the haruri. لِأَنَّ الْخَوَارِجُ وَعِيدِيَّةِ يَأْخُذُونَ بِآيَاتِ الْوَعِيدِ وَالْعِيَذُ بِاللَّهِ وَيَخْرِجُونَ الْعَاصِ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَيَخَلِّدُونَهُ فِي النَّارِ وَهَذَا يَأْسٌ مِّنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ نَسْأَلُ اللَّهُ الْعَافِيَةِ Because the khawarij, they take all of the texts that speak about the threats. Whomsoever performs this action, performs that action, will be in the fire, will be this punishment. They, th- they take those narrations, and they take those punishments, and they apply them to a level whereby they declare people to be disbelievers if they commit sins. And if they die upon those sins, they say, those people will be in the hellfire forever, even if they are sins that are not shirk. So this is from the exaggeration. The scholars also say, مَنْ عَبَدَ اللَّهَ بِالرَّجَاءِ فَقَطْ فَهُوَ مُرْجِ Whomsoever worships Allah upon hope only, then he is from the murji'ah. Those people who say your sins and whatever do not have an impact as long as you have iman, you'll be safe. And this is exaggeration from them and extremism in hope. أَمَّا أَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ As for أَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ فَإِنَّهُمْ يَجْمَعُونَ بَيْنَ الْخَوْفِ مِنْ عَذَابِ اللَّهِ مَعَ رَجَاءِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ أَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ combine between Combine between the hope in the mercy of Allah and the fear from the punishment of Allah. فَالْخَوْفُ يَمْنَعُهُمْ مِنَ الْمَعَاصِي So the fear, it prevents them from doing the sins. وَرَجَاءَ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ يَحْمِلُهُمْ عَلَى التَّوْبَةِ وَالْإِسْتِغْفَارِ وَالنَّدَمْ عَلَى مَا يَحَصَلَ مِنْهُمْ and as for having the hope in Allah, then when they hope in Allah, that encourages them to seek forgiveness, 
encourages them to repent from the sins that they've done, knowing that they have hope in Allah and that Allah is merciful. هَذِهِ طَرِيقَةُ أَهْلِ sunnah wal jamaah. So this is the way of Ahl Sunnah. Because they have fear of Allah, that keeps them away from sins. But because they have hope in Allah at the same time, if they do commit sins, they return back to Allah in repentance and seek forgiveness because they know Allah is merciful too. So they have that balance. But the ones who do not have the balance, then they go to the extreme one or the other. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an about the Prophets. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ وَيَدْعُونَنَا رَغَبًا وَرَهَبًا وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ that they would hasten to Allah, they would hasten to their good deeds, and they would call upon Allah with that hope and fear, and they were to Him submissive. They submit to Allah and they call upon Him with hope and fear. They call upon Allah ragaban wa rahaban, with hope and with fear. So they combine between them. Similarly, Allah mentioned, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ يَبْتَغُونَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمُ الْوَسِيلَةِ أَيُّهُمْ أَقْرَبُ وَيَرْجُونَ رَحْمَتَهُ وَيَخَافُونَ عَذَابَهُ إِنَّ عَذَابَ رَبِّكَ كَانَ مَحْظُورًا In this ayah it mentions, regarding the believers, يَرْجُونَ رَحْمَتَهُ وَيَخَافُونَ عَذَابَهُ They hope for the mercy of Allah, and they fear the punishment of Allah. They hope for the mercy of Allah, yet they fear the punishment of Allah. So they are between those two affairs, combining, balanced upon the fear and the hope. And also, as we've mentioned before, a third aspect comes with that, which is the love. The love, the fear, and the hope, and a believer, his worship revolves around those three pillars. قَالَ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ The people of knowledge, they said, فَيَجِبُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِ أَنْ يَكُونَ مُعْتَدِلًا بَيْنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالرَّجَعِ It is binding upon a believer to be balanced between fear and hope. لَا يَرْجُو فَقَدْ Don't become so hopeful and too hopeful that you start to think, the plan of Allah will not occur to you. وَلَا يَخَافُ فَقَدْ حَتَّى يَأْسْمِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ And don't go to an extreme in fearing and fearing to the level that you lose hope in Allah and you think you've had it. بَلْ يَكُونُ مُعْتَدِلًا Rather a person has to be balanced. And they say that يَقُولُونَ الْخَوْفُ وَالرَّجَاءِ لِلْمُؤْمِنِ كَجَنَاحِي الطَّائِرِ Fear and hope for a believer are like the two wings of the bird. إِذَا اَعْتَدَلَا اِسْتَطَاعَ الطَّيْرَانِ فِي الْجَوْ If the two wings are balanced, then the bird can fly in the air. وَإِذَا اَخْتَلَّ وَاحِدٌ مِّنْهُمَا سَقَطَ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُ الطَّيْرَانِ But if one of those two wings are missing from the bird, it will fall and it will not be able to fly. كَذَلِكَ الْمُؤْمِنِ So similarly, that's how the believer is. إِذَا تَعَادَلَ فِيهِ الْخَوْفُ وَالرَّجَاءِ اسْتَطَاعَ السَّيْرَ إِلَى اللَّهِ If the fear and the hope are balanced in him, then he will be able to tread upon the methodology, upon the pathway to Allah. وَإِذَا اخْتَلَّ أَحَدُ الرُّكْنَيْنِ اخْتَلَّ إِيمَانُكُ But if one of the two aspects are deficient, then his iman will be deficient. 
If one of the two aspects are missing, then there will be an absence, a missing uh, section in his iman. Then after that, there is this hadith, which has the similar meaning, even though the actual hadith, the scholars, some of them say it is weak, but the meaning of it is the same as what we've been saying. Hadith of Ibn Abbas, Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi su'il anil kabair. That the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the major sins. فقال, so he said, الْإِشْرَاكُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَأْسُ مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ وَالْأَمْنُ مِنْ مَكْرِ اللَّهِ That the major sins are shirk alongside Allah. And losing hope in the mercy of Allah. And thinking yourself to be safe from the planning of Allah. A person who falls into those, shirk alongside Allah, losing hope in the mercy of Allah, and thinking yourself to be safe from the plan of Allah, then that type of individual, he is the one who has fallen into the major sins. وَهَذَا هُوَ الَّذِي لَا يُغْفَرُ إِلَّا بِالتَّوْبَةِ the major sin of shirk as we know, that cannot be forgiven unless you repent. If you commit major shirk, you commit that shirk and you die, then that individual will be in the hellfire forever. The only forgiveness for that is if a person seeks the forgiveness for it. Or he abandons all of that shirk and comes to tawheed and Islam. That is because Allah mentioned, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That Allah does not forgive you commit shirk with him, but he forgives all else besides that to whom he wills. Then also losing hope in the mercy of Allah, then doing that will lead a person to not seek forgiveness. If a person loses hope in the mercy of Allah, then he will not bother to seek forgiveness or to repent for his sins. Because he's lost hope, he doesn't think he'll be forgiven, he doesn't think he'll ever be let off. He has lost hope. So as a consequence of having lost hope, he's not going to bother to repent or to seek forgiveness anymore. This is the trap of the shaitan that he attempts to employ, to deceive a person into thinking that he has committed so much wrong, that there will never be any forgiveness left for him. And so that person continues upon his way and never comes to try to seek forgiveness from Allah. And that is a bit like the narration of the man who killed the 99 people. When he killed 99 people and he went to that individual and he said to him, is there any way for me to make tawbah? So the individual said to him, no. So then he thought to himself, if that's the case, there is no tawbah, there is no way I can be forgiven, what's the point? He killed him as well, made it 100. Killed a hundred people. Then after that he went and asked a scholar, a person of knowledge. And that person of knowledge told him, of course, of course you can make tawbah. Who has told you that your tawbah is blocked? Of course you can make tawbah. And so then he headed towards, uh, he left the place where he was committing his evil and he was heading towards a new place to be upon piety. And he died upon the way and the angels disputed over him. And then he was taken by the angel of mercy. So that indicates that you do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah and it is not the case that you will not be forgiven. A person could be upon the worst of sins, but if he makes a sincere repentance with the conditions of repentance, 
then he will be forgiven. And what are the conditions of repentance? What are the conditions of repentance? Somebody wants to repent sincerely, what is required of him? How? How do you make Tawbah? What are the conditions of making Tawbah? So, that's the first obvious thing. If you want to repent from a sin, stop doing it first. You must stop doing the sin that you are doing. You want to repent from that sin, then abandon that sin and stop doing it. Then, make a firm decision, a firm, resolute acknowledgement in of yourself that you will never return back to that sin. You make the firmness in your mind that you have left this and you're never going to go back to it. Also, seek the forgiveness for the sin generally, yes, but also, purity, sincerity of course, but also, hate it in your heart and a bit more than that, regret it. So you stop doing it, you make a firm firm, resolute intention, you will never go back to it, and you have regret over having done it. If a person thinks it's good that he did it, he's happy he did it, and now he says, okay, I'll repent now, but I'm glad I was doing it, then it's not a sincere repentance. If the person thinks to himself, it's good, I did it all that time, I'm glad I did it, I would do it again, but now I know it's wrong, so I'll repent. That type of attitude isn't correct. You have to have regret over the sin you've done. Regret it that you ended up falling into that sin because you know it's haram and you disobeyed Allah. Also, if the sin was connected to someone else, like you stole something from someone, then you have to do all those conditions, stop stealing from people, uh, make sure you never go back to it again, regret having done it, But because this is now something linked to other people as well, you have to now as a condition return the right. So go back and return to that person what you stole from him, for example. What if you're unable? You stole something from someone 10 years ago, you don't know where that person's gone now, where he is. You remember you stole 200 pounds of him. What are you going to do with that money? How are you going to return it to him? If you're unable to return the right of a person that you wronged, then you can give that in charity on his behalf. Make the intention for that person, you can give it in charity as the scholars say. There is one more condition of Tawbah though. Said it, don't return to it, make the firm decision, you're never going to return back to it. Sincerity generally There's one more condition The scholars mentioned that you need to remember With regards to Tawbah That it must be done Within time There's a time limit What's the time limit to Tawbah? That's one when the sun rises from the west at the end of time before the day of judgment, after that, then Tawbah isn't accepted. When the people see the sun rising from the opposite side, everybody will believe. They will all now know that this is the truth. It's too late then for Tawbah. Also, it can be too late for Tawbah when, when the soul reaches the neck, it reaches its exit point. As the hadith says, 
إن الله يقبل توبة العبد ما لم يغرغر that Allah accepts the tawbah of a person as long as the gharghara hasn't occurred. Which is the point when the soul is about to exit from the body. He's final, about to exit from the body. Now he knows. Now it's too late. Now he knows when death comes to him and the angels come to him. But now it's too late. So before that final exiting of the soul, the tawbah has to be made. At that point onwards, now it's too late. Now the exiting of the soul is there. It's happened. It's occurring. The angels have come. Now you know. Now it's too late. So the tawbah is required before that time too. So these are the conditions. And a person who makes that tawbah sincerely, then it is accepted. And it cannot be thought, uh, as the shaitan will whisper, that you have no possibility of forgiveness, which then makes a person to abandon repenting and to abandon seeking forgiveness. Then, the narration of Ibn Mas'ud. قال أكبر الكبائر الإشراك بالله والأمن من مكر الله والقنوط من رحمة الله واليأس من روح الله that the most major of the major sins the most major of the major sins is الإشراك بالله committing shirk alongside Allah سبحانه وتعالى then Feeling safe and secure from the plan of Allah. Thinking you're safe and secure. Then also, losing hope in the mercy of Allah. These are all mentioned as types of affairs that are from the major sins, but the major of the major sins in fact. From the greatest of the major sins. The shirk alongside Allah, which is the greatest of all sins. Then thinking also that you are safe from the plan of Allah, that is a major sin. Losing hope in the mercy of Allah, becoming depressed and despondent and having evil suspicions of Allah, then that's a major sin. So these are all mentioned in this hadith as being from the major sins. And Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his book, which is called the book of major sins, mentions this particular hadith as one of the evidences for major sins of the heart. Because these are all major sins of the heart. Losing hope in Allah, that's something which happens in your heart, to lose hope in something. To think that you're safe from the planning of Allah, that's from within your heart too. So these are all things which are connected to the heart. And these are major sins of the heart. Because some major sins are in the heart, some major sins are physical, so these are from the types of major sins which occur in the heart of an individual. Then to round off the shaykhs uh, mentions some of the benefits from this chapter then. Firstly, the impermissibility to feel safe and to think that you are safeguarded from the plan of Allah. That is not correct. That's why we saw that the Prophet ﷺ used to make dua all the time, Ya Muqallib al-Qulubi, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. Oh Allah, the one who changes the hearts of the people, keep my heart firm on your religion. You ask Allah for your heart to be kept firm and grounded upon the religion always. Secondly, that it is binding upon a Muslim to combine between fear and hope. To combine between the fear and the hope. Thirdly, that... These texts that we've been going through, they highlight the types of things that you should begin your da'wah with. 
Because these texts, for example, the recent ones now, they just said that the greatest of the major sins is what? Shirk. So then this indicates to a person, these are the types of things that you begin with. If that is the greatest of the sins, then surely that is what you warn the people from first before you warn them from alcohol or other things. So this gives you the type of priorities that da'wah is given in. Also, these narrations indicate to us therefore that sins are two types. And those two types are major and minor. That sins are major and sins are minor. The two types of sins that occur. And the major sins we mentioned, those sins which have the fire associated to them, or they have a particular punishment associated to them, or they have the anger of Allah upon them, or the curse of Allah upon them, or if the Prophet ﷺ says, I am innocent of the one who does this or that, or not from us is the one who does this or that, then all of those types of actions are considered from the major sins. And it's mentioned uh, that a person who continuously commits minor sins persistently, not the major sins, minor sins, but he does them persistently, persistently, he's always, always, always doing these minor sins, then he can end up equating or becoming something like a major sin. And that person may well then end up in the major sins from having so continuously and persistently and constantly fallen into those minor sins. Hence a person doesn't think that to be something belittled, minor sins. Avoids the minor sins as he avoids the major sins. Because those minor sins, if they build and build and build, then it can lead a person to the major sins. It can become equivalent to do the major sins and doing the major sins. So a person needs to be aware of that and to avoid all of the sins and not to consider that this is only minor, so that it's not a big deal to do. That is incorrect. The final point to mention here, the Shaykh says, minor sins and major sins. The minor sins can be forgiven with other good deeds. أَتْبِعِ سَيِّئَةَ بِالْحَسَنَةَ تَمْحُهَا Follow up a bad deed with a good deed, and the good deed wipes it out. But major sins, for those, they can't just be wiped out. If you commit a major sin, you must repent, you must make tawbah, you must seek forgiveness. Minor sins can be forgiven with other actions. Walking to the prayer forgives your minor sins. Making wudu forgives your minor sins. One Jumu'ah prayer to the next forgives your minor sins. Umrah to Umrah, Ramadan to Ramadan. But the major sins, the forgiveness is required from a person to seek that repentance from Allah for that sin he has made. So that's the end of that chapter. And that's why we'll conclude the time for prayer is coming. Inshallah, we'll carry on next week with the next chapter. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.